Hey y'all, and welcome to the All of My Thoughts podcast, hosted by me, Olivia Olatunji. And today we have a special guest, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. We met at our internship, and yeah, so we're both Nigerian, as you can see from the title of this podcast app. And yeah, so introduce yourself. So give your name, classification, school, and a fun fact. Go. All right. First off, uh, thank you, Olivia, for having me on the podcast. It's great to be invited here. My name is Ade Sanusi, uh, sophomore at Georgia State University studying finance and accounting. As Olivia pointed out, we're both uh, quote-unquote investment bankers right now throughout the entire summer. Um, one fun fact about myself is traveled around the world, and I think my favorite experience that I've held has been in Barcelona around festival season. Um, beautiful time and provided me with a lot of inspiration for the things I do now, but maybe we can touch a little bit further. Cool. Okay. Um, we're going to do a quick little icebreaker to less of the tension that we have. Okay. You ready? Of course. We're going to do would you rather questions. Okay, first, would you rather is, would you rather have a completely automated home or a self-driving car? I'd have to say self-driving car. Same. Same. Because automated home is like too much. It's too yeah, much. Yeah, I think a home is a place of peace. Just yeah, I don't want AI. I don't want things controlling stuff in my house. But taking the stress of driving, being in traffic, especially coming from Atlanta, that would be, that'd be quite nice. Mm, true. Okay, next question is, would you rather would you rather someone read your diary or someone read your text messages? Okay, this is hard. I would say read my text messages. Yeah, same, because I don't really say anything bad. Thanks. Diary is for like your private stuff, like private, private. Oh yeah, those are where the secrets are out. Yeah. Okay, last one. Would you rather be the smartest kid at your school or be the best at your sport? I think I'd rather be the best at my sport. Same. I learned, especially here in this country, people love athletes. True. So when you're the best yeah. at a sport, you're truly beloved. And you get I think scholarships. It's, yep. It's better to be beloved than the smartest in the room. So. Yep. True. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You're not supposed to be the smartest in the room anyways. That's what my mom says. Okay. But that was the last question. Okay. So, okay. I want you to just share a brief little description on like how you identify yourself as a Nigerian and maybe talk about your upbringing just a quick little thing yeah no of course I was born in Lagos Nigeria um, but moved at a very young age with my mother and father my father dreamed of doing commercial real estate coming to this country and setting up a career for himself and uh, my mom tagged along for the ride they met in university with one another mm -hmm. and that's all they've known is each other I came into the picture and shortly after they gave birth to me and married each other um, we moved as an entire family. But I grew up in the Midwest, including Ohio, which, oddly enough, that seems really weird for a Nigerian family <laughs> migrating to the U.S. Nobody really thinks of Ohio, but spent a lot of my early years there, very blue-collar um, state, learned a lot of valuable principles, and then moved down to Atlanta for high school. Um, it's been there since, going to Georgia State University. And when it came to coming to university, I thought I was really going to focus on STEM. Um, my family really enforced STEM subconsciously, mm -hmm. but business was always something that we talked about because, of course, my father was into it. And I think I displayed certain characteristics that could be good for a career in business. But coming in, I think I really wanted to focus on STEM. So I came in a physics major, did that for a year, um, 
found out how isolating it can be in academia and research, mm. made the slight pivot, which we can touch on a little later, and now I'm here, finance major, investment banker, many other things. Cool. Name one other thing. Name one, one other thing that I am. Mm. I think I'm a writer. Um, I do enjoy writing, um, especially poetry. Wow, that's I think cool. I got that uh, hidden passion from my mother. She's huge into literature. Really? Grew up reading a ton. Um, always used to watch musicals with her growing up. Mm. Um, so I, I picked cool. up that little trait. So I write once in a while. Now. That's cool. My mom's an author, so like she's into literature too. So that's cool. Um, would you ever want to be an author? I think I'm already am an author. I'm, I'm working oh, really? on a I'm working on a novel right now. Actually, whoa, what's the genre? It's it's honestly quite personal. It's oh, in a way okay. a semi autobiography, oh, but it's cool. really centered around you know helping people like that. break into maybe not break into but articulating my journey through financial services because I think it's a little bit uh, unorthodox mm-hmm. coming off a year of physics then making the pivot. But I've learned a lot throughout the internal journey. A lot of stories that I come through on this path. So uh, I just thought you know why not document it, write it down, and it pieces itself together. So cool. Okay. Um, I guess I'll explain me, I guess. Okay, so both of my parents were born in the U.S. And then when they were little, like still, I think before one, I'm not really that sure. I think my dad was like three. My mom was like still an infant. They moved to Nigeria. They they both grew up in Nigeria. Separate lives. They didn't know each other, obviously. And then they came to the U.S. for college. And then they met actually at the airport when my mom was working. They were both working at the airport. My mom was the person who was uh, pushing the wheelchairs for the people to get to their gate. And then my dad worked at a frozen yogurt stand. So that's where they met. And then they went to the same college, University of Texas at Arlington. And yeah. And then I was born in Austin, Texas. A Texas girl. Yep. Born and raised in Texas. Um, I don't remember anything in Austin, but I was really raised in like the Dallas area. Mm. So I were, I love Texas. Dallas has a strong Nigerian population. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I have family in Dallas. Yeah, I have family too. Like, yeah, there are a lot of Nigerians in Texas in general, like, especially Houston. But yeah. Do you feel like growing up in that environment, you were able to gain some semblance of what it would be like to grow up in Nigeria? Or do you think it was no. secluded to a certain degree? Uh, kind of secluded, like, I don't know. I didn't really have many Nigerian friends. Like, now that I think about it, I had no Nigerian friends. Like, I'm trying to think, just in case I don't want to, like, forget someone. But Apologies, no. whoever's being Yeah, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I don't have any Nigerian friends. Like, no, I don't. Like, friends, friends from, like, school and stuff, I never did. But, um, something that I kind of wish my parents did was teach me Yoruba when mm. I was little. That's kind of, I feel like whenever I go to like parties or like weddings or just like any Nigerian gathering, everyone's speaking it. I don't know what they're saying. Sometimes I get made fun of because I don't know what they're saying and they're trying to talk to me and I'm like, I don't know. And it's not my fault. Like, I wish I knew, but like at the same time, I could be learning right now, but it's like harder because I'm like balancing school, work. Well, yeah. I mean, this is what I would say. To a certain degree, you have to fight for your identity. Yeah, so exactly. Think, um, if you truly hold Nigeria uh, close and dear to your heart, I think naturally you'll go out of your way. You'll take a vested interest True. in learning from your parents, your elders. True. And I think in many instances, that's what I had to do. You know, um, mm. my my family 
when we moved to Ohio, we were very easily able to find a Nigerian population around us, right? Mm-hmm. And even though it's like I was growing amongst those people, I certainly had to make the best effort to listening to their stories, mm-hmm. to making sure I was taking it to mind because I think there's a natural brainwashing that goes that that occurs when you spend eight hours of the day at school and True. you're hearing one side of history only, right? True. And you're being surrounded by a very Western train of thought. And uh, Nigerians were very cultural, very rich in history. Um, so I really had to, even at a young age, I remember always asking my father, begging them, oh, tell me the stories of what it was like going to boarding school in Nigeria. Mm. Or where did you and Uncle Dio, uh, that's his brother, mm. you know, play around growing up? And I would just sit down and listen. Mm. And I noticed, you know, when I was a young boy growing up, that's probably the biggest bridge that I had to actually understanding what it would be like to be, you know, living in Nigeria in my senior years. And not until I really visited back did it really all connect for me. Mm. But I think for us Nigerian Americans growing up here, it's we have a it's a tough decision to make. It's like mm-hmm. you want to you want to succeed in this nation, right? Mm-hmm. Both you and I are in financial services right now. We want to provide a quality of life for our children, our family that our parents have done for us, right? But then there's that influx where do I need to do it with this Western train of thought, right? Do I need to normalize myself to you know the way those around me are doing it? You growing up in Austin, me growing up in Ohio, very white centric um, places of the world, and do I go that path? Or do I go ahead and say, like, I'm going to hold my identity near, still chase, you know, an opportunity, still chase opportunities and a path for myself mm-hmm. and uh, find a way there, despite whatever resistance that I may face. I think it's a decision that us Nigerian Americans have to make, because True. if we don't, I think we run the risk of losing that culture later on. And True. that's a scary thought, because so scary. if you look at African-Americans now, it's like. I think one of the biggest plagues that our people experience is that mm-hmm. we've lost that connection to our culture. Yeah. And this is how I parallel it to other groups of people. I say, look at an Asian American student, right? Is it part of the reason why people always look at those families like, oh, they're so studious, they understand so much. Where do they get this drive from? I said, mm-hmm. guys, it's because their parents are coming from a nation like China, mm-hmm. are coming from nations where academic excellence is mandatory. There's no way you can grow up and not do well in school. True. So it's not just manufactured from the air. They're coming from a nation in which that was what was taught. Mm. That was the, that was needed. African-Americans, I don't think we've had that same privilege over the years because there's been such a disconnection from our actual heritage and history. So it's a scary thought for us to lose it because the reason why you and I are here mm-hmm. working at a company that's paying us a lot of money at such a young age to do what we mm. do is because we've identified with hard work the values of the country that we're from, Nigeria. And we brought that into the workplace. We brought that to school. So it's given us a competitive advantage because we understand still the value of that. There's a bridge to our original nation because mm. Nigerians were hardworking people. True. You're preaching. So I think wow. um, that's that disconnection mm-hmm. is something that I've been, it's been pressing my mind. I won't lie. It's something that I've thought of because I look at my younger brother and he was born here just three years after me. Mm-hmm. But completely Americanized. I mean, doesn't speak any Yoruba. And I love him to death. You know, this isn't a shot I have. You know, I love him. But I always fear it's like, okay, one generation down the line, two generations on the line, will they understand the exploits of our grandfather? Will they understand the voyages of our father, what it took to actually get here to this nation? I think the Asian American families, Latino families, I think they have a way of still bridging that culture to where they understand what it means to live in Mexico and China. They understand what those values and because those nations are so stable and especially China, very developed, there's still that culture to pinch, to linchpin on. I think we also have a responsibility to help educate our peers, Mm -hmm. um, our people, and just talk more about Nigeria, the history, the true history, 
And I think to a certain extent, really incentivize and inspire people to get in touch with that ancestry. Because it means a lot to have an understanding of what your people have done to get to a certain place. It makes you grateful. It's like, you and I, we don't just want to do well for ourselves. But for me, it's like the Sanusi name means so much to me. Like, I want to do well for my family. And I think that's a, talking about identity in this podcast episode, really being on identity, it's the feeling that you have to do well, right? It's It's something greater. It's an idea. Right? It's not really a status, a percentage, you know, how you're born. It's an idea that you believe upon. I was at the Charlotte FC game yesterday and it dawned on me. When you we do to every single game. I know, right? I'm, it's avid, nice? I'm an avid know. sports fan. It is, it go. is nice. You got to go. Okay. But um, I went to their stadium and every time I go to sporting events, I'm always intrigued mm-hmm. by this. They play the Pledge of Allegiance. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, you know, we have a huge crowd of people, white people, Latinos, mm-hmm. black African-Americans, and everybody stands up. Puts, puts their hand on their chest and mm-hmm. sings for that two minute span. Mm-hmm. To me, that's everybody believing in a larger idea, right? That idea being America. Mm-hmm. And I think to a certain degree, it's when it comes to us talking about what it means to be Nigerian, mm-hmm. I think we really need to carry that with us everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to have a conscious effort for making sure we're passing down the values. But That's a good, yeah. Because that's something that's important to me, like passing down the values. Like it's less about me, it's more about like, my kids and their kids kids and then also like my siblings kids and then also my siblings like i don't know i just want to be an example for them because if i'm not doing anything i feel like when my siblings look up to me because i'm the oldest of four mm-hmm. and so I'm the oldest as well. yeah so i feel like even just me being at this internship is just showing them like they can do anything and then me trying to get closer to my culture and learn yoruba and then also just learn about our history is gonna influence them and so i feel like that's important but sometimes i always forget like ugh, i just forget well, i'm so wrapped up in like school and like it's tough it's tough i think yeah. i dealt with a period of time in high school in which i pondered to myself like where my identity truly lied like i was mm-hmm. going to a suburban high school in georgia mm-hmm. you know not very diverse at all and mm-hmm. you know for us that are high achieving that really want to do well for ourselves Especially, you know, no matter what background you come from, there's a way of being westernized and whitewashed. Mm-hmm. You know, they can try to sh- try to sort of strip you of your identity just because you're doing things that might slightly identify with one group of people. Mm-hmm. And it's something that happens very subconsciously over time. But I was wary of that in high school. And I think in order to really fight against that, you need to stand tall in your beliefs and where you come from. You know, you need to wear it with pride very much. So like when I introduce myself, you know, it wasn't going to be by my middle name or like an Americanized version of my name. It was going to be Adetai Sanusi. It was going to be very direct straight to the point. When people ask me where I'm from, mm-hmm. before I ever mention Ohio, it's going to be Nigeria. Because mm-hmm. that's my place of origin. That's where I'm born. Sure. That's where we were born. Yeah, I man. would too if I was born there. Language, language is a very yeah. powerful thing. And I think we all need to be conscious of how we depict ourselves to the world out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge determinant for how we mm-hmm. identify ourselves. True. That's good. Okay. So I've only visited Nigeria. Like I've never lived in Nigeria, but I plan to live in Nigeria after college for like a couple years for research. Cause I told you I wanted to own a restaurant, Nigerian restaurant. So I want to go there to like eat the authentic food. And I've been to Nigeria twice, but it was when I was little. So I don't remember anything, mm. but I was just wondering do you have any like memories, like yeah. any favorite memories that you want to share? Yeah, now talk about mine. I you think my my favorite memory um, when I visited Nigeria last was mm-hmm. going to Semibodori Badagri. Going to Badagri, essentially, it's it's right off the Atlantic coast. Essentially, where like 
part of the transatlantic slave trade used to occur, mm. right? Where they used to ship slaves, ship slaves off from uh, the point in Nigeria. Mm. And it was a really surreal experience just mm. walking, you know, all the way to the shore because mm. it, it really sunk in deep for me, you know, how far people have traveled. And me growing up in America, right, but still being Nigeria, mm. I just felt that instant rich. That's when it clicked for me. Mm. You know, it's like when I was at that shore, I was like, wow. Okay, yeah, I'm American, but I'm also Nigerian. And my brothers and sisters here are also Nigerian deep down. And it really just sunk into me, you know, that our culture is much deeper than, like, the Afrobeat songs that you play, the food that you eat. You know, all of that is important, right? How you dress. It's something that's much more deeper, right? It's, you know, it's within our blood to a certain degree. I remember walking that route, you know, from... um, from the inland all the way to the coast. Mm-hmm. And I could just imagine you know, the hot sand, walking barefoot, and really you know, dawned on me that I still have work to do personally to be mm-hmm. a part of the solution, to bring back more honor, um, more pride back to our people, both continentally, right, within Africa, West Africa, but then also you know, around the globe, the entire diaspora. I think us that are close to the culture, close to our roots, we have a responsibility to educate everybody else and inspire them to come True. back. So that experience really stood out to me. Mm, that's good. Um, I really only started learning about our history in college because I go to Spelman. So we're like required to take this class called ADW, which is African Diaspora and the World. And so that really opened my eyes to a lot of things because I realized that in Texas, the school that I went to, I went to a K-12 school basically my whole life. So from third grade to 12th grade, I was at the same school and they did not teach anything like about black people unless it was like slavery or civil rights movement. So I literally knew nothing. So like when I came to Spelman, I probably still don't know stuff, but like what I learned from Spelman, it was just eye opening. Like every single time I went to that class, I was excited because I actually got to know stuff about my culture and then it made me more excited to like go and do my own research outside of class and then just ask my parents questions and stuff like that just to like learn more because I really didn't even know to ask certain things because I didn't know and I always went to like a school where they didn't really teach me anything about like my own culture which is kind of sad but that's life. I think it's intentional. Because it's like, I tell people growing up, it's so interesting the weird things that we learn that have no relevance to the things we do now. Like, remember when we were younger and we learned about Greek literature? Yeah. We'd have to study all the gods, all of this, you know, the Odyssey and all this and take exams on it. For what reason? Right? To be historically enriched, right? Why not throw in African literature? Exactly. I know things fall apart. You know, that wasn't integrated with it. And to me, it seems very purposeful. I was like, okay, we'll learn Greek literature, we'll learn East Asian literature, philosophy, all these random anecdotes from different points in history. But Mm -hmm. the one area that seemed to be left out was Africa. Very interesting to me. I I always wonder is that, you know, if we can learn Greek literature and all this other stuff, which, I mean, of course, it's very consequential to the history of mankind, but Mm -hmm. so is African history as well. So uh, exactly. it's an interesting thing. It's like, I always wonder, is it a purposeful brainwashing? Yes. Or is it just, you know, perhaps one would call it blissful ignorance. But I think that's why, you know, more and more we have to have this conversation. True. It's so important, literally. Let's talk about friendships or like community. Did you or do you have like Nigerian friends? Like since you live here now. Like, do you have, like, any friends that you can 
I don't know, meet up with and just talk to and feel like you can relate on like a different level, you know? Yes, I think uh, that's been the beautiful thing about going to Georgia State. Mm. Such a strong Nigerian population. Well, we have a diverse Nigerian population in the sense that we have those that just recently moved to the nation just for college. Mm. And we have those that have also oh, grown up cool. within the nation, right? Mm-hmm. And are actually, you know, hold, still hold their Nigerian heritage close to them, True. but are also Americanized to a certain degree and understand the layout of the country. And I think having both groups of people, mm-hmm. it's it's very engaging, right? It provides, you know, a lot of insight into the current state of our country in Nigeria, right? But also what we need to do as a people here in order to push forward our status. And mm-hmm. I think within this country, Nigerians are well respected because we're just known as hardworking people that know how, to, know how to have a good time, of course. And um, I'd say when I got to Georgia State University, I was just surprised by how many Nigerians there were. Mm. I mean, I found them very easily. And it's so crazy because you can almost tell when someone's Nigerian, Olivia. Even you that, you know, you might not feel as tied to the culture, but you you passed by me. You could tell. You could just tell if I was if, or if yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I can tell with you. I can't tell if people can tell that I am, you know. Oh, no, I can tell. Really? Oh, I can tell. Oh, wait, I guess. It's, it's, oh. it's, uh, it's not very difficult to tell if someone is or isn't. And it's that underlying little... It's hard to describe it, but mm. it's almost like a set almost. Um, we can always seek each other out. True. And I'd say I really found a lot of mentorship. And especially when I changed from physics, especially, mm. I, would, I, would, I would argue that my year in physics, I was probably a little bit more distance from my culture in terms of community mm. than when I changed to actually the business landscape. And I was actually surrounded by a good amount of Nigerians that were, per, that were pursuing careers in financial services. And I have really one close mentor of mine now who lives in Chicago and me and him talk quite regularly and just like my own brother, but we're both, you know, similar background, you know, identify very strongly with our culture. But then from there, where we really agree is it doesn't really stop from there, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. stop from wearing the colors, celebrating independence. It says, okay, how can we take our platform now, pursuing this career in financial services in America, take this platform in order to better our country in the future? You know, we've gone through that brainstorming process of imagining what does it look like, right? What does commercial real estate in this capacity look like back home, right? Mm. What does capital markets, you know, back home look like? And um, it's been a fun thought process. And to be honest, it's kept me in love with business. Because mm. I think at times, you know, it's very easy to get bogged down in the work, right? True. And even in university, right? Yeah. All this technical learning. Yeah. But, you know, if you just have that one small source of inspiration, right? Mm-hmm. Which for me has been like, how can I take this back home, right? Mm. To create more abundance of wealth. That little piece of inspiration, I think a little bit high level of how this translates globally. Mm. It's kept me tapped into the industry and I think it's allowed me to grow within the space. And it's been an important motivator. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, that's my issue, getting bogged down into work and forgetting like that things actually exist and things are going on. Like That's just one of my things. And I want to start getting more comfortable having like a higher motive if that makes mm. sense you know what would you say currently has been your higher motive um probably like inspiring my family but like it's not really beyond like oh i'm trying to do this to bring it back to nigeria or like i don't know but i need to get better at that because i get so i don't know not focused but focused at the same time like too focused in the things that aren't that important you know mm. but would yeah would you say you tend to feel the pressure of performing performing well, performing certain outcomes because of your heritage? Mm, not because of my, uh, yes and no. Like, I feel more pressure because I'm like the oldest sibling, not really mm. because of my heritage. 
being the oldest. That's it. Yeah. Not really my heritage. And truth be told, I think that's something across all cultures. Yeah. Being the oldest, you deal with that pressure. But yeah. I also know being Nigerian, it's definitely something that's openly talked about. True. You know, my parents growing up, my brother always said, you're the oldest, you got to look out for your brother. You know, mm-hmm. it's a necessity. And I think the older you get, you start to realize that you almost take on this responsibility, to your point, to pave the path for them. True. The advice that I would give you is to say that. You can't control the actions of your siblings. You control yeah, them love, right? But the best way is to first show control over yourself. I think once yep. you show control over yourself, you show you know poise, uh, tranquility, and steadiness. I think naturally, yep. I've noticed that my brother's attracted to me more because now he's willing to share stuff with me because he doesn't worry mm-hmm. how Ade judge me or has mm-hmm. Ade dealt with this. How will he, you know, how will he connect to me about this? Now that I've shown. Um, certain steadiness, belief, mm. right? Comfortability in my own skin. Mm. He's been willing to share more things with, with me, and I think it's taken that pressure away to a certain extent. Mm. Now, you have more siblings than I do, so. Yeah, I just have three siblings, but. I have one younger. Mm. But yeah, are you one of those people who keeps up with like Nigerian news and politics? No. Okay, same. I thought you were going to say yes. No. I don't know. Okay, yeah. I wish I did, though, because. I'm going to be living there, so I need to know what's happening. Because whenever I call my grandma, she told me that it's not safe right now. You know, I'm still going regardless. <laughs> if it's safe or not, I'm going. But anyways. I think my, my thing is the media coverage, right? The quality of coverage over what's going on, right? I think when I do actually seek out news and things that are going on in Nigeria, I'll speak with my family. Mm-hmm. I'll speak with individuals that are working careers that are high respected in um, politics, right? That understand the landscape very deeply and have studied it. Mm-hmm. And it's from them that I'll really hear the current status. Very literally do I, you know, go on Google, find articles. I think that can be a very toxic um, wormhole, quote unquote. But for me, it's like when I really am seeking to understand something that's changed or a new development, mm-hmm. you know, I'll really get on the phone. I'll speak with people that are back home. Mm-hmm. In order to do that. I think that's the best way to do it. I think elsewhere you'll, you'll hear a lot of different things. I think from our country, you go on social media, you go on the news, you'll hear so many different polarizing uh, thoughts. But I think the best way is to find a group of individuals you respect that are well-educated and that you can call and really talk to to update you. True. And then going back yourself, of course. Yeah. Do you plan on living there at all or just going back to visit? I plan on having a home there. Mm. Um, it's going to be... When I ever imagine myself, you know, living one place is hard. Mm-hmm. I always see myself being in between multiple places. Now, of course, mm-hmm. you have one home base, but uh, Nigeria, of course, would be one of the prior pri- primaries. I mean, mm-hmm. that's where my family is. Of course, my my mother, father, brother are here, but mm-hmm. most of my extended family they're all in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think there's nothing like being around home. You know, when you just walk outside and you see your family yeah. Sunday, you go to church, you come back and you just chill. You just True. talk for hours upon hours. It's, it, you know, America can be very isolating for immigrants. You know, you can get bogged down in working very hard to do well for yourself, to provide mm-hmm. for your family that you sometimes don't get to enjoy it the same way. And I think I look at my family in Nigeria. Not only do they work hard, they make mm-hmm. money, they do well for themselves, but they enjoy the company of each other. They all live within the three mile radius of one another. They're always around each other. There's that support system. When they go through hardships, they go, they, they go through it together. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most dangerous things that can break down a culture is fragmenting it. And I think, you know, the American infrastructure, um, it has a way of fragmenting families, not even immigrant families, but even those here. I think we live in one of the most isolated generations ever, one of the loneliest groups of people um, in our generation specific. And I think that's part of it is because of how 
I think, natural progression of the world. It's how fragmented we are. Yes, social media technology has allowed us to communicate over, you know, large spaces, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's not the same as being in that small yeah. radius where I can just walk down and be like, Olivia, I'm struggling. Can, yeah. I, can I just chill on your couch? Just Let's just talk. True. I've never lived like that. I want to, though, where you can just walk outside, your family's across the street. Imagine. Yeah, that seems amazing. That's back home for us, though. Yeah, I know. That's how it currently is right now. You know, yeah. we think that, that it's unattainable, but the truth is that's what that's the reality that my family back home lives. They yeah. see each other all the time. You know, you need to go borrow some red bell peppers. We'll borrow this. You just walk down the street. You ask for it, right? Everybody's in the know about what everybody's doing. Yeah. So there's that transparency. There's no secrets. There's no pressure yeah. to speak with your parents to call them. Um, it's it's very much so a village type mentality. Mm. So I, even me, I've been thinking of the ways to recreate it, and it's hard because that is it, hard, we're dude. in financial services. The moment that we get our big break, it's moved to New York, right? In your True. small single apartment by yourself. My brother's not coming to New York. You know, he might not be there. He might stay yeah. in Atlanta. Fragmented, right? We're yeah. separated, and I think it's especially us being the oldest. You know, setting the precedent like, hey, yeah. we got to move together. Exactly. Rather than move, rather than moving up, right? As Nigerians, we're always focused on moving up. Right? What's the next thing? Can we focus on moving together? You know, it might not be up right away, but as long as we move together, we yeah. can find our way to where we need to go. Or find a way just to like prioritize meeting every once in a while. Exactly. Yeah. Because I feel like my family, we might be spread out. Because I don't know. It depends on where I go. And then I can see, like, I don't know. Because I already go to school in Spelman, which is Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm already away from my family who's in Texas. And then my brother's going to college in texas mm. and so we're already going to be apart and then he's going to be apart from my family because it's not close to where we live but yeah we'll everybody's see. fragmented but yeah. you know, find a way keep your family together keep them close yeah yeah because that's something that i realized i'm super close to my family and i didn't realize that until i went to spelman mm. and i was actually away from them i did not realize that but yeah that's something that i want to like make sure as nigerian children and i'm a victim of i'm I'm a victim of that. I wouldn't say victim, but I do this. But we take for granted our the involvement of our parents. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, like, oh, can our parents just give us a break? Yeah. And they just get off our backs. Literally. But then the moment that you do with that silence, right? Yeah. You're like, what am I doing? You know, yeah. who's who's there? You know, getting on me. Exactly. Who's there? And there's a value. There's a reason for that being the case, and it's very important. And I think uh, to your point, you you miss. You don't realize how much you've missed something until you have to go without True. it. Until you go six weeks, ten weeks without True, hearing that little exactly. echo, Olivia, Ade, you know, you don't, you don't hear that in the background, and it's uh, it goes it's a long sad. way. It is when you think about it. So imagine extending yourself three, four years. You graduate from Spelman. You're working your job. You go years. You know, you go you go a year, months. You know, you miss a Christmas now. You don't see them. You only hear them on the phone. I'm praying that doesn't happen. That's going to happen with you if you're an IB. That's another conversation. True. But I think there are ways to get around it. Um, and part of that is working yourself to the point where you hope and you hope to a certain time, you know, in the future that you have the choice. Mm-hmm. You know, you've worked hard enough. You worked a career that's compensated you right monetarily and you have the choice to decide, OK, maybe I can choose where I want to live, the type of opportunities mm-hmm. I want to take. But choice is a valuable thing. And sometimes you have to make sacrifices in order to have choice. I think I realized that nothing's perfect. Ideally, we want to be at home making all the money in the world. But in our industry, we know where all the money is, right? Mm-hmm. So in a lot of those careers, you might not just have the clear choice of where you want to be, when mm. you want to be there. So I think there's that small sacrifice. But the beauty of it is you work it long enough, you start to have a little bit more freedom. You start to have a little True. bit more choice. True. That's good. Um, 
do you consider yourself Nigerian or Nigerian American? I consider myself a Nigerian American. Oh, same. But like, well, no, I'll ask you this: what's the what's the difference? Are you talking about it in a technical oh, type of way or in a subjective type of way? Like subjective. In a subjective type of way, I think it's very clear and obvious to me. I'm a Nigerian who understands the American culture and has grown up in it. So as a result, I'm a Nigerian-American. And I think it's very, it's very simple. All it means is that, to me, when you look at culture, ethnicity, mm-hmm. and you know, geographic regions, do you really have an understanding of the people? Can you identify to some capacity, mm-hmm. right? You know, I can, I can drop, like, for, hypothetically, if you and I brought all of our family in Nigeria mm-hmm. and we put them in America in this one village and that's all we engaged with, right? Mm-hmm. And we were just in America. Could really call ourselves American if we had no exposure to the rest of the melting pot, which is America? No, right? But the moment we branch out and you start to interact and engage with the other populations of people, mm-hmm. you can truly say you're a part of a nation. So I think that's the true ultimate testament. Can you identify with the larger group of people mm-hmm. wherever you're from? So I think because I've lived in this country long enough and I've met enough people and I've engaged with a, with different bodies of people because America is a very diverse country, I'm very comfortable saying that, yes, you know, I, I identify well with my American heritage, quote unquote. But of course, Nigeria is my place of birth and where my family is. And I still identify heavily as well. And I don't like to weight things. I identify with both. There's no need to weight them. Yeah, that's, that's just a true. mental game that stresses you out. Yeah, that is a mental game. There's no, I'm more Nigerian. I'm less Nigerian. I tell my brother yeah, all the that's time. Literally what I, that's no. literally what I'm doing now because of Spellman. I used to not do that at all. But like, since coming to Spellman, I, I identify more with being Nigerian for some reason. I feel like... A lot of people who go to Spelman, they're just African-American because they don't know where they're from. And so I can't really relate to some of the things that they do because, like, I never grew up going to cookouts. I never grew up doing the things that, I don't know, just the average African-American things. Like, mm. But, like, I did grow up, like, going to Nigerian parties and then also just, like, my grandparents were around all the time. They would speak Yoruba. Even though I don't speak it, I was just, like, always around it. So, like, that's, I don't know. That's just what I'm battling in my head, which is like, I don't know. I shouldn't be. I should just be living. Not no, exactly. You're Nigerian and you're American. It's that yeah. simple. I think in society today, we everything has to be ranked, right? True. Everything has to be ranked. Oh, everything has that. to be valued. But the truth is you can identify with both groups of people and that's it. True. That's all that matters. True. Yeah, exactly. I have to remind my brother of that. Just because you weren't born in Nigeria, you're just as... Nigerian is oh, I am. Does he feel like he's not Nigerian? At, at times, at times, I think he feels like that. But oh. then again, it's the programming, right? The True. programming to think that there has to be something special. There has to be something True. deeper that allows me to, you know, identify. And to a larger extent, I think what he feels is what a lot of African Americans in this country feel. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm not born there. I don't have the accent. Yeah. I don't have the values. No, I always tell them, no, that's not the case. Once you find a way to identify and you understand the group of people, mm-hmm. you go back into your ancestry. Yes, identify as Nigerian American. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Nobody can take that away from you unless you take it away from yourself. True. Okay. One of the last little things. Okay. So what are some of the ways you're going to preserve and pass down Nigerian culture like with your kids? I think it starts with giving them exposure. And I think it's like how? That's sort of traveling back home. You know, when I think of exposure, true physical exposure, it's traveling back home regularly. And then I think 
Oddly enough, I think uh, our generations dealt with this, but when we do raise families in Nigeria, I think we have a way of almost separating them from their grandparents and great-grandparents. Mm-hmm. And I plan to really raise my children around here, their, my mother and father and their grand and their grandparents uh, and my grandparents because that's the true bridge. You know, I'm a bridge yeah. with the real deep roots, right? Three generation of, of you know, Nigerians, right? Mm-hmm. If you have exposure to all of them, you can really connect it together, right? You can see the development. So that's one thing that I've always talked to my family about is I tend to raise my children around um, my parents. They're going to have exposure to their great-grandparents. That's and good. I think that's going to go a part of that. And, of course, speaking Yoruba to them at a very young age goes a long way. Because yeah. once you do, they understand the language. They can pick exactly. it up whenever they want. Exactly. And I think teaching them that the world is much larger than America. America is a very yeah. big country, so it's very easy to think America is the world. Yeah. Especially but, when you were born there, lived exactly. there all your life. Yeah. But uh, there's much more out there, and specifically Africa is a large nation. And True. Nigeria specifically, I mean, one of the True. most populous countries exactly. in the world. There are a lot of people to meet. There are a lot of opportunities to be had. And at the end of the day, you can have a happy life living in Nigeria. And I think that's the most important thing I'm going to share with my parents. And so associating that with my own personal success, I think is important um, to educating our children at a young age. Yeah. Because then they can wear it to pride. They can go to school and probably say, yeah, I am. Yeah. Not the pressure of being like, oh, nobody else raised their hand for who's from a different nation. You Mm. deal with those little small programmings when you're young. Small little programmings. Actually, I don't know if that was me, but like low key, that was They do that a little bit here and there, and it takes away and bites at you. My children won't have to worry about that. That's true. Yeah. But then it's it's a two person effort. So, you know, you just hope that uh, you, you find someone who can. Hold yeah. that culture true, and yeah, I don't know exactly. what your experience in love right now is, but you know, having someone that understands the culture and the heritage true. and is willing to pass it down, I think, goes a long way to yeah. being able to keep together that uh, that legacy, being able to keep together the culture and passing it down. Because what I say to people is this: like, um, yes, there are multiple ways to keep the culture, but there's nothing like having two people in the household. Yeah, understand exactly. Both my parents are Nigerian. They speak Yoruba. They yeah. their entire lives. As a result, I've been able to inherit that myself, mm-hmm. right? You know, and I haven't lost out. But it, mm-hmm. it becomes very difficult because my father worked a lot. So when he was gone, mm-hmm. it wasn't like my mother still wasn't giving me the same culture, mm-hmm. the same kind of disciplining. Having that union, that one identity to share. Hey, mm-hmm. we're both Nigerian Americans. So my my father's Nigerian. My mother's American. I'm Nigerian American. Mm-hmm. No, my father's Nigerian American. My mother's Nigerian American. I'm Nigerian American. And I think for me personally, that went a long way to my development and developing into the Nigerian American I am today. So I just pray, you know, and hope. And I, I know that I'll be able to find it because I think God works in yeah. very good ways. That um, you find someone that you're able to identify with, yeah. that sees you for who you truly are, True. and is willing to pass down that heritage as well. And I think that's very important for us to keep in mind because. I think, as I said, the Nigerians here, especially the young ones in our generation, mm-hmm. we have a way of westernizing ourselves really quickly. And, you know, yeah. you step Because everyone into, else is, so... Exactly. And then you step into love and you really forget how important it is to hold that culture. Mm. Good thing for you in Spelman is I know there are a lot of Nigerian men out in Morehouse, out in, you know, out I in, know. in Atlanta. Well, what, what is that supposed to mean? Because <laughs> I haven't seen any Nigerians. I haven't met Really? Any in Morehouse? But that's probably my fault because I haven't really like really gone out into Morehouse. But yeah, we'll see next year or this year. But yeah, that's something I'm going to do too. definitely travel back to Nigeria with my kids. And then also when I learn Yoruba, I'll definitely be teaching them, especially when they're babies and learning English so they can be bilingual, too, because I feel like that's super important. 
and like valuable being able to speak two languages especially since english is like the universal language so that would just be perfect to know two languages but yeah okay so yeah that's it do you want to say anything else or what um no it's been a it's been a great experience speaking okay. with you on this topic it's nice yeah. to share my thoughts but also hear a lot about your upbringing and what your thoughts and yeah that was good yeah all. and you inspired me a lot just to like i don't know oh, stay don't rooted too, in my don't, culture. don't give me too much credit i didn't say much okay. you did though okay but let's just end it off with a couple of little fun questions just to end it off well and funny okay let's do some fun questions first question is what's one part of your daily routine that you wouldn't give up prayer mm, perfect answer Mine is, honestly, yeah, probably just like talking to God in my head, just with anything I'm doing. That's something that I realize I do, but I only found that out like two days ago because I was telling my mom, I feel like I'm not close with God or whatever. And she said like that feeling of not being like close to God is like also like a form of worship, you know, mm. like always thinking about God and like mm. kind of having conversation. And I realized that a couple of days ago and I'm just like, yeah, I do have a relationship with him because I thought I didn't for years but yeah your mom's a wise woman true when she said that i was like whoa hmm. let me stop beating myself up but yeah okay last one is do you prefer mornings or nights mornings you're a morning person without a doubt that's when the birds really? are chirping the sun is true. rising yeah. i think it does something to you to see the month the sun rise in the morning. yeah that's true and then you feel like you're I don't know, up before the world. And I think in large early. cities, you know, everything's most quiet in the morning. Yeah. You know, when true. you get late into the night, things are a little bit uh, hectic, especially around Atlanta. So true. I enjoy the peace and quiet of the morning. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming. It was so, this was such a good conversation. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It was good that we were able to do this. I know. We've been trying to do this for like three weeks, but we did it finally. Part of it was my fault. I no, admit, part of it was definitely me because. But it's great it was finally able to have Yeah. And, and those, those were all, all of our, our thoughts. thoughts. Woo! Thank you.